Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. A blessed new year to you. Happy 2023. Happiness also obviously depends on circumstances, but the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's right. And I love the verse over at Bible Gateway that they have up today. One of my favorite verses, one of my probably top 10 in the Bible, Psalm 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. And boy, do we need that. We're going to pray for that in a minute. I'm going to ask our guest today, J.B. Hickson, to open up in prayer. But we're going to talk about some headlines today. We're going to talk about some news in light of uh, Bible prophecy and what's happening on a global uh, scale. We're going to talk about the Luciferian timetable that J.B. writes a lot about in his Spirit of the Antichrist series, Volume 1 and 2. We're going to talk about what we might see happening. Uh, Let me clarify that. Who's we? Well, I would say Bible-believing Christians who are discerning and that are understanding the times. Other people might not see these things, and other people might be denying these things. What's going to be happening maybe in the short term to set the stage for the future and Christ's return, whenever that might be? So we're going to talk about these globalist agendas, the push toward a one-world religion, um, we're going to talk about Isaiah 520 on steroids. My goodness, are they ever calling good evil today, and they're calling evil good. Well, I want to bring in our guest. JB's been with us many times, and it was purposeful that we had him on here today, the first podcast of 2023. As you know, he's an author, pastor of Plum Creek Chapel near Denver, Colorado, and in Sedalia, founder of Not By Works Ministries. He's written all kinds of books, and the most recent, of course, the great series, Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception. JB, welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth. Hey, Happy New Year, David. Thanks for having me on. Hey, you're most welcome, brother. I'm just going to ask you to open us in prayer today. You bet. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this uh, new day and new year and new opportunity just to uh, strengthen our faith in you, uh, trust in you, and uh, not get our eyes uh, fixed on circumstances, uh, however dismal they may be. Uh, Lord, I pray that today through the program the gospel would go forth, People, believers would be encouraged to just turn to your word as their source of strength and that we would awaken and enlighten people with uh, what's going on in this world. Thank you for Stand Up for the Truth Ministry and the team there, and I pray that you just use this time today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, JB. Um, we want to mention, just right off the top, Romans ten nine and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead— you will be saved. That's pretty clear. Verse 10 says, For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. And, of course, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's all in Romans 10 there. Uh, before we get into the podcast and the topics, Brother uh, JB, I, w- I just want to brag on God for a moment. We had our fundraiser uh, last, we do fu- two fundraisers a year. We had our goal set, and it's higher than we've ever set our goal for finances here to run the ministry and to propel us into the next six months here, 2023. I, I predicted we would hit the goal by Christmas, and we did. We went over, it was 190000 by Christmas. We do this twice a year. And then we have, you know, business underwriters and other areas where we get income, finances coming in. But this, we're a nonprofit organization. We've never, we've had the small, we have the smallest staff we ever have had in our history. And we've never had more donations and financial contributions coming in. And that's in large part due to people listening online. I read off last week the podcasts, uh, the top states, Texas, Wisconsin, California, Florida. By the way, JB, you got some work to do. Ohio comes in at number 10 um, <laughs> on one list. Number <laughs> It's on nine in the other. But it's just the fact we hit New Year's now, and we blew past $200,000. 
which is well past our goal, and end-of-year gifts keep coming in. So I just want to brag on God. We don't advertise. We are censored on social media. We are shadow banned on Facebook. We do not have a newsletter. Once a week, we send out an email to just a couple thousand people. That's it, called The Weekly Watchman, which is a recap of the week's podcast every week. And look at what God is doing. So I cannot, I can't take any credit. We can't take any credit. I just want to give all the glory to God and just allow you to comment. And then if you want to go back to kicking this year off with the gospel, have at it, brother. Yeah, amen. I, I really think uh, a lot of conservative Bible teaching ministries that are standing firm on the Word of God and, and proclaiming the truth boldly without uh, compromise are experiencing similar things. You know, we're seeing uh, that you know uh, the, the apostate church is drifting further and further away from the Lord, mm-hmm. while the true church is really uh, coming together and uh, and really uh, stepping up. And so, praise God mm-hmm. for that. That's a testimony to, of course, as you said, God. Uh, and his promise mm-hmm. to uh, to bless those uh, and protect those who stand firm for truth. So praise God for that. But yeah, you know, uh, I have some uh, several videos out there that talk about Romans 10 in the context there with uh, Paul talking about Israel. And, you know, the key passage there is uh, believe on the Lord. More than 160 times the New Testament conditions eternal life upon faith alone and Christ alone. And while in that context, Paul was talking both about individual faith unto eternal life as well as Israel's future uh, salvation or deliverance into the kingdom, uh, the bottom line is nobody's going to get into the kingdom, nobody's going to be saved without first personally trusting in Jesus Christ, the one who died and rose again to pay their personal penalty for sin. So uh, that's what we're passionate about. I know that's what you're passionate about. At Not By Works, our core value is the clarity, accuracy, and urgency of the gospel, and you know, uh, we're by no means perfect, but we certainly try in every message and in every book and every thing that we produce uh, to have a clear articulation of the gospel, uh, because, uh, you know, especially in times like these, there are a lot of people out there who are interested in Bible prophecy because it's intriguing and there's a lot of information out there, but they may not know the Lord. And so, uh, you know, we just pray that every time we talk about the signs of the times, if there's an unbeliever listening, that the Spirit of God will use the proclamation of the gospel to convict them of their need for a Savior. Amen. Believe, friends. Believe. Um, I do want to say one more thing, JB, before we jump into the topics we had discussed, and that is you mentioned the apostate church. Unfortunately, it's been growing um, since the 70s, 80s, the emergent church, the seeker-sensitive, the, the, quote, progressive Christians. And now I sent you a picture over the weekend of a church, I don't know where it is, but it's got a big for sale sign out on the front lawn. On the wall of the outdoor uh, church of the building, it says a big banner and a rainbow flag. Next to the rainbow flag, it says Black Lives Matter. On the marquee outside this church, it says open and affirming. So they're concerned about diversity, equity, inclusion, being open, being affirming, being, quote, welcoming. And that church... Gone out, went out of business. Now there's a for sale sign. I hope we see a lot more of that. And what I mean is the apostate churches across the country that are not giving anything that will help people eternal, eternally and for their salvation, but they're just telling people what they want to hear. They're affirming sin. I just want to get your thoughts on that because this is a major issue in the American church. Yeah, it, it's it's always uh, encouraging when we see judgment coming upon uh, evil, and like you, I hope we see uh, more of these uh, apostate churches who are really the devil's church. You know, Jesus yeah. said, you're either for me or against me, so yes. you can't support uh, blatant uh, sin and immorality and claim to be doing the work of God. That's just, those are not compatible. So, uh, unfortunately, though, David, I think, the you know, the signs of the times and the prophetic teaching of Scripture about things getting worse and worse and the lead up into, uh, lead up to Christ's return, uh, we're probably going to see more and more Black Lives Matter signs and rainbow flags and not mm-hmm. quite as many for sale signs. But every now and then, uh, the Lord in his righteous anger says enough is enough, and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully that was the case in, in that particular church. So, JB, um, we couldn't have gotten to this point. Let's just talk about America. I know we're going to talk about you know globalism and the World Economic Forum and some of the gl- world elites that are pushing these uh, Antichrist agendas, the Luciferian conspiracies. Um, 
let's talk about the churches in America. And we've often said if we had been more, first of all, biblically rooted and grounded, biblically truthful in in our preaching and teaching the whole counsel of God, I'm not so sure we would be at the place where there's so much confusion and delusion in our country. Well, let me just give you one example, and that would be people have a hard time defining what is a woman. Uh, Cambridge Dictionary saying a woman is an adult who d- identifies as female. Genesis 127, however, says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And so there's a problem because the churches have not been preaching. This is foundational. This is Genesis 1 through 11. We would not have arrived at this place where evil is being called good and good is being called evil in America and around the world, of course, because Isaiah said, Isaiah 520, that was hundreds of years before Christ. We wouldn't have arrived at this place if we had been preaching the truth and equipping the saints. JB, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the the, the uh, parallels between Isaiah's day and the present uh, church age, especially in this particular day as we lead up to the return of Christ, are striking. You know, Isaiah wrote in the 8th century uh, B.C., as you said, several hundred years before Christ, and he was ministering to uh, Jerusalem and Judah, and he was trying to explain to the people of Israel that the old world order was passing away, and they were going to be entering an age of Gentile domination with the Assyrian conquest uh, uh, coming up in 722 B.C., and then, of course, the Babylonian exile uh, not too long uh, after that. And so basically, Isaiah is writing to the Jews and saying, you need to trust and obey God, because uh, it's time to turn back to him, and you're going to reap what you've sown, and the consequences of your own disobedience and unbelief are about to uh, come upon you. And so, you know, that passage that we've quoted a couple times already this morning, uh, verse uh, chapter 5, verse 20, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, uh, that comes in the context of a really interesting passage in chapter 5, where Isaiah kind of takes on the voice of a folk singer, and he sings <laughs> sings the prophecy here, sings a parable about a vineyard, and he compares Israel to a vineyard that God had planted and, and which he legitimately expected to receive fruit. And, uh, in fact, a lot of people think that this passage in Isaiah was on Jesus' mind in the upper room when he talked about the vine and the branches. But uh, Isaiah's audience didn't realize what the song was at first, they thought it sounded like some kind of a happy wedding song, but it turned out to be more like a funeral dirge. <laughs> and uh, and so Isaiah is basically describing the sins of the people there in his day using this metaphor of, of a vineyard. And by the way, this is uh, the first of several songs in Isaiah. A lot of people know about the servant songs of Isaiah. Well, this is the very first one early on in Isaiah chapter 5. It's The passage really is kind of like Nathan when he confronted David and used a, a parable or a story to get David's attention, and, you know, God's trying to get Israel's attention here. So he gives these six woes, Mm. you know, or these six reasons that the crop was worthless, this crop in the vineyard. Again, that represents Israel's behavior. And you get down, you know, so, for example, the first woe is greed. The second woe is pleasure-seeking. The third woe is deliberate sin in their lives. And Mm. then you get to the fourth woe. And that is the one we are talking about here in chapter 5, verse 20, and that's perversity. Mm. And listen again to what he says. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And so uh, one of the reasons I think we are on the cusp of the return of Christ, again, we can't set dates. I'm not trying to set dates. I'm just doing what Jesus told us to do in Matthew 16, looking at the signs of the times and and recognizing that the time is short. Um, but uh, one of the reasons I think that, and many people think that, is that we're essentially seeing every one of Satan's weapons that he wielded in the garden uh, just magnified multiple times over and, you know, on steroids. And so back in the garden, Satan began his attack on God's pinnacle of creation, mankind, by trying to turn everything God did on his head. And, uh, and, and that's what he, Isaiah is talking about here. He, everything God meant for good, Satan is turning to evil and perverseness. And, you know, the Luciferians that I talk so much about in my two books, The Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 1 and Volume 2, they believe Lucifer is the hero 
in Genesis, in the garden there, and that God is the antagonist. And so they dedicate their books to Lucifer, they worship him, they take their marching orders from him, and and that's the ultimate uh, calling evil good and good evil, when you think Satan is the good guy and God is the bad guy. So there's no question that we're seeing this incredible uh, moral slide in our especially in America, because America has been a standard of morality for many years, but that's that's gone, frankly, David. That's yes. gone. We are, yeah. we are, like Isaiah, we're on the verge of, of judgment, I believe. What would our great-grandparents have thought, J.B., if they could see, for example, the open rebellion against God, as you mentioned, deliberate sin, <laughs> in the pride parades that take place on so many American streets in our cities that people are, well, they're almost naked. I don't want to say half, because sometimes it's a lot more than that. And there's children at these pride parades. They're proudly rebelling against God, uh, waving rainbow flags. I want to just quote an article from Harbinger's Daily uh, by Dean Dwyer from Australia. He said in and and his obviously Australia they're having their issues as well. In times past, it seemed that people preferred to do evil, but it was often under cover of darkness. They were not so brazen and open about their sin. Today, sin is championed and praised. End quote. And there is the difference in what we've seen. Though, so there's been a transition in this moral decline. JB, uh, your thoughts. Yeah, I would say, you know, you talk about what would our grandfathers think. I mean, even in our day, David, I mean, yes. you and I aren't that old. I mean, I'm, I'm older than you, but that's all right. We're not that old. <laughs> and I can remember I can remember a day when, you know, while homosexuality was, uh, was accepted in, in large parts and cultures of our country, it was still sort of do- talked about in the context of good, bad, or aberrant, normal, and so forth. But now, hmm. you, you know, not only is it universally accepted and not only has it been you know permanently crystallized with a congressional bill uh, which many republicans voted for by the way yes but now even even those who still believe that it is morally wrong uh, are are now targeted and in many cases being sanctioned or you know fined or canceled mm-hmm. if they speak the truth about mm-hmm. it so it's it's a complete reversal and uh, i know we're coming up on a break but yep. you know trump I hate to mention it because every time I mention Trump, I get flooded with emails. But you know, he, when the when Congress really passed that uh, Defense of Gay Marriage Act, uh, uh, it was called the Defense of Marriage Act, but I call it the Defense of Gay Marriage Act here recently. Trump held a huge celebration yes. at Mar-a-Lago, and and he actually, you know, to great huge applause to all of his guests there, said, "quote We are fighting for the gay community, and we're fighting and fighting hard." And by the way, uh, Carrie Lake, another darling of the conservatives, was there. Mm-hmm. She's, ha- she's been a longtime advocate of LGBT, although you don't hear her tout that on conservative outlets. That's right. But, you know, one of her uh, tr- most trusted uh, friendships and advisors was the premier, is the premier drag queen in Phoenix. Uh, when she's been asked about it, she's, she always downplays it and says, oh, well, that doesn't really represent my current views, but the, yeah, I'm friends with them. No, no. This is a key part, key component of her worldview. So, People need to recognize that if you're going to continue to fall into this left-right paradigm trap, you're just getting sucked into the to the lie, basically. And how offensive to Abraham Lincoln and what he stood for and his biblical knowledge and and uh, just his worldview when they're having this log cabin Republicans spirit of Lincoln uh, bash and they're celebrating yeah. same-sex marriage. We'll talk a little bit more about that on the other side of the break, JB, because I want to emphasize the fact that Uh, The point most of our listeners understand, I had promoted and have stood proudly in support of President Trump's policies, not his behavior, not his tweets, but his policies. I would say 80% of what he did, including Israel and his pro-life efforts and and, uh, protecting the border and the economy, other things. But these are things that have flown under the radar. We need to discuss that. If he weren't running for office in 2024, this would be a non-issue for most of us. But we need to talk about that. We need to mention the difference between him and Ron DeSantis. But also when we come back, the largest satanic gathering in history is scheduled to take place in Boston in April. We're going to talk about that, plus how Rachel Levine 
targets transgender heresy for big tech suppression, free speech issue, and that's coming up next on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Well, we know that JB uh, is, is on the same page with us, and uh, that means we believe the Bible. Um, we also know that science confirms the Bible and the Bible's account of two genders. Male, males have an XY sex chromosome, females XX. Um, we also know that there's rebellion against God that's more open and blatant and in our faces than it's ever been. And we also know that good people have been and are being deceived. So, JB, let's go back to, I mean, there's some well-intentioned people that, that want to keep supporting certain candidates or policies, and we need to just talk about this for a couple more minutes. I'm going back to the big uh, log cabin Republican bash at Mar-a-Lago. Um, pr- uh, former President Trump received a standing ovation after delivering uh, some, really, an affirmation of, of gay rights not often heard in the GOP. He said this, quote, We are fighting for the gay community, and we are fighting and fighting hard. With the help of many of the people here tonight in recent years, our movement has taken incredible strides. The strides you've made here is incredible, end quote. So this is someone that a lot of people would say um, does not support uh, homosexuals and, and homo- LGBTQ marriage, same-sex marriage. So I want to just share whatever's on your heart about this because it's an important topic. We don't want to be... We, we don't want to be in idolatry when we vote for certain, whether it's a candidate or a party. Um, and we need to do our due diligence when we look at people's policies and what they really stand for. Yeah, so I talk about uh, that issue with Trump, that very issue with Trump in uh, Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2 in Chapter 11. And by the way, if folks haven't uh, checked that out yet, they just need to go to spiritoftheantichrist.org, mm-hmm. spiritoftheantichrist.org. But, uh, what, you know, I was talking about Trump and his support of LGBT issues back in 2016, and it was amazing to me how many believers were absolutely blind to Trump's true moral, uh, you know, anti-biblical worldview. But you know, on July 21st, 2016, Trump accepted the Republican nomination for president on the final night of the Republican National Convention there in Cleveland. And, uh, he chose to speak in prime time right ahead of his speech. None other than the most, one of the most prominent LGBTQ leaders, Peter Thiel, the billionaire tech investor and co-founder of PayPal. Mm-hmm. And uh, even LGBT stars, one of the leading LGBT websites, lists Thiel as number 36 all time wow. on their most popular gay figures. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're, if you're st- taking a stand against homosexuality and, and legitimizing it and giving them, uh, you know, rights that they don't have, uh, why would you choose a, a prominent LGBT guy who stood up on, in prime time while all of our children are watching the convention so they can kind of learn how the political process works, waiting for Trump to accept the nomination? And he stands up and says, I'm proud to be gay. I'm proud to be a, a Republican. So uh, what's his name again, JB? What's his name? Peter, Peter Thiel. Yeah, Thiel. he's a billionaire. Peter Thiel. He founded PayPal. Okay. Uh, yeah. And again, you can go back and watch it on, on any of the major network YouTube yeah. channels uh, from July 21st, 2016, that Thursday night. But, um, you know, when you, when you go back to the log cabin Republicans back in 1977, that's when the so-called log cabin Republicans infiltrated the Republican Party. And, uh, as one of my favorite commentators, uh, uh, pointed out uh, Joel Skousen. He said it's it's ironic that even though George H. W. Bush, who was Reagan's VP in 1980, uh, or well for his whole eight years, but at the, in the in the uh, election um, in the campaign, uh, George H. W. Bush brought dozens of homosexuals into the Reagan administration, and yet the log cabin Republicans refused to endorse him for president because he was not vocal enough in denouncing Christians who oppose homosexual behavior. Wow. The gays are never satisfied yeah. with the right to do what they want in private. If you want to sin, you can sin. That's between you and God. I can't be your I can't control your moral behavior ultimately. Uh you know, you, you, it just doesn't work that way. There are consequences for immoral behavior, but I can't force you to live a, a righteous life. So they're never satisfied with public tolerance. What they want is total acceptance. They want access to every government-controlled privilege. Uh, you know, any 
politician or religious leader that thinks appeasing homosexuals is going to gain them some kind of loyalty from the gay leaders is an absolute fool because the leaders of the gay community are luciferians they're they're trying to as you said go back going back to genesis 1 26 27 they're trying to turn god's you know crown jewel of creation on its head and blatantly blaspheme uh, God, and that's mm. exactly, by the way, what Trump and, and and Terry Lake were doing at Mar-a-Lago when they had that big party celebrating the Defense of Gay Marriage Act. Mm-hmm. We call it the Disrespect for Marriage Act, and it's going to affect yeah, yeah. certain Christians. It will affect certain, whether it be churches or Christian businesses. But it's going to happen. We've seen this, you know, slow but sure. Um, the cultural Marxism that's uh, now increasing in America. But uh, let's move on to the, what we teased before we took a break. And the Gateway Pundit reports and other outlets, of course, talking about the largest satanic gathering in history um, coming up in Boston in April. Again, JB, these things 50 years ago would have been, they, they would not, not have been allowed. There would have been resistance. There would have been j- just... The, the times have changed so dramatically. So uh, share your thoughts on this part. Yeah, I mean, that's why the reason I sent the article to you is, is anytime mm. you see statements or headlines that say biggest in history or largest in history or most in history, that type of thing, to me that, that catches my attention mm. because it's my premise in the Spirit of the Antichrist books that the Spirit of the Antichrist is alive and well. It's increasing in intensity. We're seeing more and more of it, which is simply shows that the stage is being set for God's end times plan, the tribulation, the Antichrist, uh, the seal, trumpet, and bowl judgments, and ultimately the triumphant return of Christ to to take over the world in, in perfect peace and righteousness and justice. So um, this one, you know, is, is amazing. SatanCon 2023, the Satanic Temple, uh, is 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 going to be hosting this meeting. And uh, although tickets are already on sale, they haven't exact announced the exact details of it this year. But we can go back to the the one from last year, and we see that it included presentations like Devil's Food with Satanic Chef Adam Dodge, Abortion as a Religious Right with Mari Davis, and, quote, Raising Children in a Satanic Household with Melissa Morley. Now, David, I've been over the years, 25-plus years or so, to many conferences, both as a speaker and as an attender, and, uh, you know, I know what these exhibit halls are like. Typically, you have like-minded organizations and businesses that mm-hmm. pay money to exhibit in the exhibit hall during these large conferences at convention centers. And just imagine what it would be like to walk through the convention hall at SatanCon 2023, <laughs> where everyone there is Jeez. celebrating Satan. And by the way, this is the same group uh, that I talk about, you know, the Satanic Temple, in Volume 2 of Spirit of the Antichrist, in, in the most difficult chapter that I wrote in that book, uh, which was chapter 13, uh, uh, probably appropriately, it was just coincidental, but uh, <laughs> in chapter 13 on the gender surrender movement, and I talk about satanic ritual abuse and mind control, mm. and I talk about how that satanic temple actually sued uh, because they're, they, they, in Texas, there's their uh, worship centers in Texas, these satanic worship centers, uh, they were too far from abortion clinics, and in Texas, you have a, there's a law that you have to go have certain uh, tests done before you can get an abortion or so forth. It's, it's more restrictive in Texas. And they sued, saying that you're infringing on our religious rights because it's our religious rights to sacrifice children through abortion. And it's a sickening uh, mm-hmm. you know, account in that section, of, all of it in that, in that chapter of Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2, is just to turn your stomach. But it's just a sign of the times. And, mm-hmm. you know, here we are in 2023 now, and and we're talking about the largest satanic gathering in the United States. I mean, that's uh, that's that should really if people don't think we're you know headed into the end times, uh, they're they've got to be asleep, really. Yes, or uh, dealing with escapism, meaning you want to distract yourself and and keep busy and not. Pay attention to what's going on because for some JB, quite honestly, maybe there's some listening right now that it's it's just too hard for them to grasp what's going on because it is disturbing. It is really it, it it's dark, it's disturbing, it's evil, and yet we are here for such a time as this, aren't we? Yeah, and for to those people, I would remind them of you know First Thessalonians uh, chapter five, verse six which, you know, reminds us 
that we need to not be asleep, but we need to be awake. And uh, I, I actually inscribe that verse on uh, any time I sign my books, uh, these new books. And so, uh, you know, uh, I would just encourage people to uh, to, to remember, you know, in, in, at the end of Volume 2, I have 20-some-odd reasons why all of this matters from a biblical perspective. And I walk through it, you know, quite clearly. So uh, I understand that the, the natural defense mechanism is to just stick your head in the sand. Mm-hmm. But, you know, not but, but refusing to look behind the curtain isn't going to make what's behind the curtain go away. And it certainly doesn't mean the curtain's not going to rise someday. It will. So I think it behooves us to be ready. Knowing the enemy is crucial. Peter said, your enemy, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Why wouldn't we want to engage in spiritual warfare and be alert mm-hmm. and recognize the enemy's playbook? Yes, amen. And by the way, I guess it's the 10th anniversary of, um, where, where did I see that? Of the Satanic Temple, they're celebrating their 10th anniversary. I mean, uh, Satan's been around since the beginning of time, right? But uh, the 10th anniversary yeah. is being celebrated, this massive event uh, slated for Boston in, in April. So, uh, interesting point also, Wicca, the uh, Wiccan Church, is a nonprofit organization under a, re- they're filed under religious status, and that's why they can go into the public schools and they can teach witchcraft and other things. You guys can look this up. Uh, JB, let's not be naive to the fact that there are other religions that are being pushed and taught in our culture, but the, the left and those who would be against the biblical worldview only cite the, quote, separation of church and state when it comes to keeping Christianity out of the schools and out of the public square, correct? Yeah, no question. We we believe the Bible is the only standard for our beliefs, attitudes, and practices. So that's what distinguishes a biblical worldview from any other worldview. And by the way, even a Christian worldview, because many people use the phrase Christian worldview, and by that they mean, you know, a worldview of the West or Mm. a worldview that's not Muslim. Uh, But, you know, Christianity is largely apostate now. Uh, what we believe is a biblical worldview. Yes. The Bible is the only standard for our beliefs, attitudes, and practices. Amen, brother. Um, but that's not what's being taught to America's children. And I would say, I don't, I don't have the numbers on this, but I would say an overwhelming majority of Christian families still send their children to the public schools. And so they're getting, um, Indoctrinated, they're getting, some would call it, uh, Alex Newman calls it, uh, uh, the government brainwash camps. Uh, they're getting fed this antichrist worldview. And it's clear from everything from evolution to uh, the opening up to witchcraft and promoting LGBTQ pride and these, the, the gender confusion and all of the above, everything. And they're, they come out of high school. Usually, they often come out as social justice activists, just like it was intended for them, but not by their parents. But this is how the system works. Am I being too over? Am I oversimplifying this? Oh no, not not hardly. Uh, if anything, you, you you're not being hard enough. I mean, uh, we've been talking about the dangers of the uh, you know public uh, government controlled public school system for you know more than a decade now and the the reality is it is a pagan system and i always mm-hmm. like to point that out because people d- sometimes the obvious is right under their nose and they don't see it but by definition pagan means anything that rejects god well the government in 1963 formally and officially rejected god mm-hmm. you cannot as a teacher stand up in your classroom in a public school and share the gospel or read the bible and, and, of course, every time I say that, I get emails from people. Well, my third-grade teacher in such-and-such such a town or my child's third day, she read the Bible. Yeah, I understand there are exceptions. Uh, and, you know, praise God for those courageous teachers who do it or those courageous, you know, superintendents who allow it. But that is rare. Yes. Even when they do it, they're doing it against the formal stated policy of the compulsory government schooling system, which mm-hmm. is you cannot talk about God. So by definition, it's a pagan system. Why would you want to subcontract out the raising of your children for eight hours a day, five days a week for 13 years mm. to a pagan system? I don't understand it. Uh, yeah, there, I mean, we, we've talked often, and, and it is, we can get, it, it's tedious, but it's, some, it's just convenience, I think, a lot of times. Um, a lot of times both parents are working um, a lot of times they think, well, I, well, we're already paying through our tax dollars, 
for the public schools. You know, we're already paying for it. Why should we pay for, you know, private education or for homeschooling? But let's let's move on, JB. There are some other concerns, and we only have three minutes left in this segment. Um, it's going by fast today, um, and we need to go back and talk about some other concerns. We are still maybe in the LGBTQ um, uh, topic. The Senate just passed the $1.7 trillion spending bill. We talked a little bit about it last week, and I know you're concerned about the massive spending as well. Our tax dollars at work. There we go. But we don't know. Most people have no idea. Even those in Congress don't know what's in it, right? Like Nancy Pelosi famously said, we've got to pass the bill to find out what's in it. So in this bill, I'm just going to mention a few again. $1.2 million for LGBTQIA pride centers in San Diego, a million dollars for Zora's house in Ohio. Uh, that's for women and gender expansive people of color. Three million dollars for the American LGBTQ plus museum in New York City. Another million designated for LGBT special services uh, program. Um, and the list goes on. I mean, it doesn't stop. Um, 113,000 for an LGBT center in Pennsylvania. Um, another 750,000. And it just goes on. DEI is the new thing we have to get familiar with. What does DEI mean? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. These are special interest projects that they're sending money to anti-Christ worldviews that are promoting this sexual rebellion. JB, just two minutes for your thoughts here on this. Yeah, so uh, in, again, going back to Chapter 13 in Volume 2 of Spirit of the Antichrist, it's called the Gender Surrender Movement, and I get into the big uh, conspiracy of, of the Luciferians from way back, going back to the turn of the 20th century, early 1900s, to you know bring this about, and we're now you know in the final phases of it. Uh, you know, if anybody, I mean, where, where are the courageous uh, you know politicians, senators, congressmen? who will stand up and say, no, I'm not going to sign a bill that supports that. Well, that, that's evidence right there. Well, there's not enough. Just not enough of it's them. A, they're all puppets. Yeah, exactly. They're puppets. They're not, they're not, uh, they don't really have the power. It's all a big game. You know, it's, it's rigged and nothing ever changes. The Luciferians that pull the strings of power have been, you know, bringing this about uh, all along. And, it, you know, people need to understand that it, the car has basically crashed through the guardrail and is tumbling through the air. Mm. It's not going to jump back up onto level ground. It, this is, <laughs> you know, we need to get our house in order, get right with the Lord, be prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if the Lord tarries is coming, we're going to be experiencing some pretty tough personal execution uh you know in the days to come all right a lot more in the next segment looking ahead in 2023 with jb hickson on stand up for the truth thank you for listening and sharing today's show via standupforthetruth.com slash podcast now back to stand up for the truth here's david fiorazzo so we're going to get to a couple of these things tomorrow i just want to mention real quick um over 170 plus attacks by pro-abortion terrorists um, on pregnancy centers and churches nationwide, um, the federal government's definition of domestic terrorism, I mean, this is it. So there's been a letter, the Freedom of Information Act, demanding the Department of Justice release its records into the investigations because they have not arrested anybody, and this is amazing. We'll talk about that tomorrow, plus the story we won't get to. Uh, Rachel Levine targets transgender, transgender heresy for big tech suppression. We're talking about censorship of the biblical worldview again. Uh, we'll mention that tomorrow. But, JB, let's spend this, this last segment just talking about what we can expect regarding the Luciferian timetable this year and uh, the near future, and then uh, what we can see ahead, perhaps. Yeah, I think it's a great way to kind of close out the show today. This is the first part of, of 2023, January 2nd, and uh you know, uh, you know, what, what might we expect? I think that's what we're supposed to do is run everything we see and hear and read through the grid of scripture and mm-hmm. see how it might be a part of, uh, of God's plan. You know, uh, again, Jesus rebuked the first century Jewish leaders for being able to, to discern the weather, uh, but they couldn't discern the signs of the times. So we don't want to make that same mistake. <laughs> so in, uh, in chapter four of Spirit of the Antichrist volume two, and again, uh, listeners can go to spiritoftheantichrist.org uh, if they want to learn more about that. But in Chapter 4, I, it's called The Luciferian Timetable and Agenda 2030. And I begin that chapter, if I can just quote myself here, mm-hmm. by saying, the, the closer the Luciferians get to the culmination of their evil plan, the more they telegraph it, they write about it, they talk about it, they brag about it. It is as if they consider the coming New World Order a fait accompli. 
They seem to forget one thing, however. God is the ultimate arbiter of his eschatological timetable. Acts fifteen eighteen says, Known to God from eternity are all his works. And it is God who, quote, changes the times and seasons, and quote, removes kings and raises up kings, Daniel 2.21. So I always like to point out when I go into this type of um, information that I'm not date-setting, I'm not a sensationalist, God is the ultimate timetable, uh, but it does behoove us to know Satan's plan, and we have all kinds of uh, disclosed information, white papers, leaked documents, declassified documents from the last hundred years that tell us plainly what they are targeting, including, as we've talked about before on this show, uh, you know, Alice Bailey and Helena Blavatsky mm-hmm. uh, channeling demons that are direct information from Satan himself, uh, telling them that the year 2025 is going to be the pivotal year when they take over the world and hmm. so forth. So it doesn't mean it's going to happen, right? but that's what the likes of Klaus Schwab and uh, you all know Harari and others are striving for. They They see the goal line. And they're taking their marching orders directly from Satan, and they believe this is this is what's going to happen. And you know, if God thinks it's or decides it's time to enter the end times, then it will happen, and then we'll see the rapture of the church, we'll see the tribulation, and ultimately the coming kingdom. Um, but in the meantime, if the Lord carries us coming, uh, you know, and I talked about this by the way yesterday at Plum Creek Chapel. Um, you know, God is not willing that any should perish, so he he may be delaying. Uh, his return uh, because he wants more and more people to get saved. Uh, they People can get saved after the rapture, but it's going to be incredibly difficult. And you know, remember, in the first century, the Jewish leaders, the scribes, the Pharisees, they had all kinds of data and information in the Old Testament scriptures pointing to who Jesus was, and yet they were still deceived mm. and rejected him. Well, just imagine, since deception is getting worse and worse, Second Timothy 3.13, after the rapture, if there's an unbeliever, uh, it's going to be even harder for them to believe the gospel because deception will reach, yeah. reach unprecedented heights. So uh, even though there will be people that are saved, it's much easier to be saved today than after the church is removed. And so people need to you know, to remember that. And that, I believe, is the key reason, Second Peter 3, 9, that the Lord is tarrying his coming. He's trying to mm. bring in as many people to the family of God as possible. But, uh, you know, what, what might we see this year? Well, I think... Uh, maybe not this year, but could be this year, we're seeing more setting of the stage for the d- demise of America. Remember, mm, yep. as I talk about it extensively in the book, they've got to bring America down in order to usher in the one-world system. Uh, many ways that they can do that economically, uh, technologically, uh, war, uh, natural disasters, there's all kinds of things they might do. Um, but we're seeing a lot of that happen. And to me, you know, 2024 is going to be a key year when they when they announce who's who they've selected to be the next president. That will tell me a lot mm. because uh, if if they need more time uh, to kind of get their things in order, they might put another placeholder in there like uh, Biden. He's just a placeholder puppet. He has no power whatsoever. Uh, if they're ready to push it across the goal line, they'll put a full on luciferian in office Mm. and and i do believe that it's selections not elections uh, but we can save that for another time i encourage people though (laughs) to read those chapters in volume one and volume two chapter seven in volume two is called fake elections and then in uh, volume one i have one on the false left right paradigm i think it's chapter four but uh so i think we should look for continued uh, uh chinking of the armor if you will of america uh through moral decline through economic mm-hmm. problems, uh, and possibly through war. You know, a lot of experts on geopolitical events have been saying for some time that, you know, they, the we, and we know, that, let me preface this by saying the Luciferians have been saying for decades that mm-hmm. they want World War III and that it's through World War III they're going to bring down America. Uh, what precipitates World War III, that's the big question. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of pundits are saying that, you know, somehow North Korea is going to, you know, do something, uh, you know, against South Korea that forces the United States to respond, because we have 28,000 troops over there in South Korea, uh, plus South Korea is an ally. We can't just do, stand by and do nothing if if North Korea attacks. And that when we do respond or, you know, defend South Korea, that's going to bring China and Russia together uh, in a, a, you know, in an alliance to come against of the United States. And, you know, thanks to uh, Bill Clinton uh, and uh, Presidential Directive 60, which you can find right online. I looked it up uh, yesterday. Uh, it's still in force. 
Uh, PDD-60 changed America's nuclear response uh, policy, and it is still the same today. It's on the government website, which is that we will absorb a first strike. We will not respond Hmm. on warning. We will respond on impact. Wow. That means that when China and Russia decide to come against America for retaliating uh, against North Korea, uh, that uh, we will, they will take out our strategic military, many of them uh, installments, and once that they've been hit, that's when we will decide to respond. But by then, it's too late. We've already been decapitated. Now, that's just one scenario. Doesn't mean it's going to play out that way. Yep. But that's right out of their playbook, and uh, I think we need to kind of be on the lookout for that. Well, I want to go back to something you said and what could be coming down the road because we're looking ahead. We're in a way we're, we're discerning. We're looking through the lens of scripture, but. A lot of this is speculation. With the timetable, is hard to to really say anything definitive. But you mentioned the the deception of people who are already believing the lies, things that you and I could shake our head and go, "How do how can people believe this?" I mean, I think this about things like Scientology. I think this about things like you can be a, a man or you can be a woman, whatever you identify as, you can be that. It's going against science. It's going against reality. It's going against scripture. But JB, the, the also the subtitle of your books, "The Gathering Cloud of Deception." I think of that. I'm going, man. The church itself, people within. Churches are being deceived, and that's what's almost as concerning, don't you think? Yeah, it's a battle for the mind, and mm-hmm. they knew that early on. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we've been programmed by, you know, television, by compulsory government schooling. People have been conditioned generation after generation, and so we don't have analytical thinkers anymore. I mean, it's uh, people just are blinded and don't have the ability to see what's obvious right in front of them. The passage I quoted earlier from First Thessalonians, he says, Brethren, you are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You're all sons of the light and, son- mm. and sons of the day, not uh, of the night or the darkness. Therefore, do not sleep as others do, but watch and be sober. Well, that uh, unfortunately is an indictment on the church. That's who Paul's talking to there. And I would make the same plea. Wake up. Uh, you know, open your eyes. Recognize, you know, come out of your stupor and recognize that uh, some very bad people at the behest of Satan, God's enemy, are you know plan- planning and plotting your demise. And and going back to Isaiah that we started the program with, yes, we need to heed the same warning that Isaiah gave the people 800 years before Christ, and that is trust God, keep trusting Him, and uh, don't get your information from mainstream media and other outlets. Go to the Bible, mm. learn, get to know God. God is. God's Word is His way of saying, here I am, look at me. So stay in the Word and let it yes. give you that peace and encouragement and uh, and then preparation for what comes ahead. Because if you're caught off guard, I mean, it's it's going to be tough to respond appropriately. And we can be encouraged based on the, the validity, accuracy, the authenticity of Scripture and how all the promises that have not been fulfilled, all the prophecies that have not yet been fulfilled, will be regarding the, the return of Christ and it's coming. We're, we're closer and closer every day. Um, JB, it's interesting. What we hadn't talked about at all is anything re- relating to the, um, the uh, pandemic or uh, medical malpractice and big government and, and the world economic form. The next crisis, the next pandemic that I've heard rumblings that's already being worked on. They're already creating that. Bill, the Bill Gates of the world and the others. Uh, we only have a couple minutes left. Have you heard any of these things as well as what might be coming in the near future? Yes, no question. Uh, you know, the biggest chapter in Volume 1 of Spirit of the Antichrist is on uh, vaccines and big pharma, and we have incontrovertible proof in there. I think 16 smoking gun evidences that the COVID pandemic was pre-planned 22 years in advance, and it was kind of a dry run for what they ultimately hope to do with rolling out the digital IDs and vaccine passports, which are all going to be rolled in together wow. with the CBDCs and the One World System right out of Revelation 13. Uh, again, we don't know whether that will happen before the rapture, but it could. Uh, but we know that after the rapture, the Antichrist is going to use that digital ID system for full-spectrum global planetary control. Um, but so, yes, there are all kinds of rumblings out there about a similar type of uh, pandemic and lockdown coming. Um, I think they were very pleased. We know in their own writings they were thrilled. Klaus Schwab talks about how shocked and uh, and thrilled he was, how easy it was to get people to to lock down and shut down churches on Easter Sunday and so forth. Um, So 
I think they were pleased with that. I think they're very likely to use another one. And, mm. you know, it'll be interesting to see, David, you know, how churches respond this time. Some of my <laughs> friends and colleagues think think that they'll uh, they won't fall for it again. I I think they're overestimating frankly the 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 naivete and ignorance of most people in America. I think fear is a powerful motivator and all they got to do is ratchet up the fear factor a little bit more and people will willingly give up all their rights and do whatever the government says. That's just my uh, studied opinion. Yeah, when they declared the church in America non-essential and most of the church went along with it saying, yes, we must submit to government, whatever they say. We, that was very eye opening. I think we did not pass the COVID test in, as far as the church goes. But will you mention CBDC? Is that the central bank digital currency? Yeah. Yeah. Central bank digital currency. I've, I've got two presentations I've done recently at a couple of different uh, places. Uh, on that, you can go to notbyworks.org at our website and search the videos there. They're fairly recent. But yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, there's no question they're going to do that. The New York Federal Reserve right now is in the midst of a, a dry run, a, tr- test, a test trial on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is basically where, you know, all means of exchange will be digitized, controlled by the government, tied to your digital <clears throat> Uh, social credit score and your carbon score and several other things. And if they don't like what you posted on the Internet or what emails you sent, they will take mm-hmm. money directly out of your account or freeze your mm-hmm. account. Uh, that capability already exists. Justin Trudeau did it in uh, Canada recently. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, I think people need to, to read up on the CBDCs. We have a whole chapter about that in, in Volume 2 as well. So spiritoftheantichrist.org, correct? Yes, yeah, spiritoftheantichrist.org. Okay. All right. Well, JB, it was a blessing. It flies by with guests like you, and it was a blessing to kick off the year with you. Lord willing, if he does not return in the extremely near future, we'll do many, many more uh, podcasts with you. Thank you for your ministry at Not By Works, brother, and just your wisdom and your your open, I, I guess, your boldness to, to speak the truth. And we know that there is a cost, and it's coming. But thank you so much for your voice of truth. God bless you and your ministry. Amen. Thanks, David. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Amen, brother. Amen. We'll talk to you soon. Um, so tomorrow, I mentioned Mary and I will be talking about some headlines and some news stories nationally and globally. Some commentary we'll be getting into, um, things that we are each going to select, a handful of stories and, and headlines and, and items that concern Christians and People supporting the biblical worldview. We'll talk about that tomorrow. But I want to just mention in the next two weeks some of the guests we have. I'm going to go backwards from halfway through the month. We've got Curtis Bowers coming on the podcast, Gary Kaw, Seth Gruber, Alex Newman, Julianne Appling. This Friday, Chris Quintana, Usama Dakdok. Wednesday, John Haller. And tomorrow, of course, we'll be going over some news stories and uh, just amazing, a lot to keep up with, friends, but don't be overwhelmed. Remember Romans twelve twenty one. do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And Romans twelve two. do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Thank you so much for your prayers and your support of Stand Up For The Truth. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.